Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. turn to your neighbor and say, will you do me a favor? And everybody respond and say, no, no. Okay, right. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to talk about uh, the favor of God in just a moment. But, uh, you know, when somebody comes up to you and says, will you do me a favor? What's your first thought? Why? Yeah. Well, what's up your sleeve? Am I going to have to do something in return? Right? I mean, it's, it's those kind of things. Well, what we want to talk about today is the favor of God, and favor of God is not like that. The favor of God is not something that has a kind of a switch type thing on us, and that's uh, an ulterior motive. Favor of God uh, is something that is, uh, is filled with grace, it's filled with mercy, and, and it's uh, filled with love. So we're going to talk primarily about the favor of God upon our own lives, and we're going to talk for a little bit about the favor of God upon our church. And uh, maybe to help illustrate that, at least I'm going to try to set the stage for this. Uh, a few years ago, my sister-in-law and her husband, they would invite us to go to Punta Gorda. And for you that have been down in Florida, you, you know, you're pretty familiar with where that is. It's a beautiful area. Uh, and uh, because of a connection that my sister-in-law and her husband had uh, with, with this couple who were well-to-do, to say the least, they owned one of those condos down there that at the time was worth a million dollars. And uh, they were able to get a real good deal on it. And so they said to my sister-in-law and her husband, listen, anytime you would like to go and spend a couple weeks down there, just let us know. So because of the favor that was upon my sister-in-law and her husband, they were able to go and then they would invite us along. Now, it wasn't favor on me, but it was the favor on them and it was great. Like, I mean, tennis courts, for those that love tennis, it had heated pools, you know, where you could swim. And it had the best of the best. It was a gated community. And if you didn't want to do anything else but just, you know, kind of get lathered up and sit down by the pool and shrink up like a prune, you could do that as well. I mean, I mean I, it was really, really good. But the point that I'm trying to make here this morning is that we were able to go for like three or four years because of the favor that was on my sister-in-law and her husband. So we want to talk about favor today. And we also want to kind of draw you close to a, t- uh, to a Greek word. And the Greek word is charis. And, and the Greek word charis, that's, you, 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 we're familiar with it, uh, charisma, and we're charismatic. And, and what's talking about is gifts. Gifts that are, that, that are given to us. And there's, there's, quite, there's quite a story that Jesus tells. And man, it's a hard-hitting story. But really it will help to uh, uh, send the message home today about favor. That, that you and I, all of us have received favor. So I want to um, uh, read the story. It's found over in Matthew 25. It's called the story of, of the talents. Again. It will be like a man going on a journey. And this is what Jesus, Jesus is talking about. He's talking about his kingdom. 
and, and it's talking about how the kingdom of God works, and it's, and it's, it's such this gracious kingdom, this, this generous kingdom, this kingdom that's been provided for us because of, of Christ and, and his incredible love and sacrifice. So again, it will be a man, like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his, his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Obviously, he did not talk to the other two guys. So there was, kind of, there was a breakdown in communication or something here because it's, to me, if I'm reading this right, the other two guys must have talked to each other and talked about their business plan and so forth, and they went out and they invested. But this guy, he isolates himself, doesn't talk to them, obviously, and makes poor, poor judgment. So let's go on and read the rest of the story that Jesus tells. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. That's ten. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in change of many things or in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. That's four. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now, story changes. Then the man who had received one bag of gold, my opinion, he didn't talk to the other two. He says, master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, went out, hid your gold in the ground, kind of did his own thing. Okay, See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, why, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold. Take the bag of gold from him. Now, now, now the story switches, and it's, it's looking at the others, not the, the individual who had squandered and had been, a, uh, not squandered, but, but was a, a unfaithful uh, servant. It says, for, and it says, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. Faithfulness is the message here. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow, incredible story, serious consequences, but it has a message to us today. It's about the kingdom. It's about the principles of the kingdom. Well, we talked about money here, but today we're talking about favor. I'm talking about the gift that God has given to you. 
talking about a gift. It's you haven't deserved it, you haven't earned it. We'll talk about it in just a moment. But it's a gift that is it is un, uh, unmerited. When you read this story, you got to come up with this conclusion, and 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 I put it in the form of a question. But how many realize excuses don't go over very well with God, right? They don't go over very well with God, and certainly you you see that uh, uh, well articulated in the story that Jesus tells. So excuses. So we've got to remove excuses, right? We've got to make sure that we are not in that category of coming up with excuses. Well, God, I'm, you know, I didn't do this because of that, whatever. So we do find ourselves in a very responsible position. So I asked the question this morning. It's kind of the obvious question, but I want to ask it anyhow, is do you recognize the favor of God in your life. If somebody came up to you and said, describe the favor of God in your life, what would you say? And, and, and how, how would you respond? I'm thinking, I'm thinking in, in North America uh, and in Canada, I, I think some people may find that a little difficult uh, because I'm thinking they they probably are going to compare themselves to somebody else. And they're going to come to the conclusion because somebody's got something that they don't have, then they don't have the favor of God. That's, sometimes that's how it goes, and, and that's a major, major error. Uh, if, if we start de- determining or, or describing the favor of God based upon what we see in other people's lives. So this is really about your understanding today. It's about what God is doing in your your life. Here's the the thing. The worthless servant in in the story, he didn't get it. He did not recognize the gift of God. We could say that he did not recognize the favor of God upon his life today. So, So the challenge, I think, for the pastor, for the preacher, and a sermon like this is, are you getting it? Are you picking up on the point today? Oh, he's talking about me today. He's talking about whether or not I'm getting the favor of God. Favor of God is, is, is huge. We've been in a series, and, and uh, Pastor Chad's been talking to you about, about hunger. And, and this, is, this is a case in point. You know, when you uh, are in a situation where something's taken away from you, uh, if, if it's a hot day, and you come to church, and the air conditioning's not working, okay, Okay, poor example, but that's, then people start complaining because, right, they're not realizing what, what we had, okay? Uh, or, uh, you know, I've uh, gone someplace, uh, and how, how do you like your coffee? Uh, cream and sugar. Uh, well, you don't have any cream. Well, people start to complain. Kind of small things, but you don't realize something until you're hungry. So the, so the danger of that illustration is this, that often we're... We, we take for granted everything that we have, the, the wealth that we have, the blessings that we have. And it's the same case with the favor of God. Sometimes because of so much wealth comfort, we overlook the favor of God. We neglect what we're supposed to be doing with the favor of God. And this story that Jesus tells has a lot of warning about us forgetting about what God has given to us. All right, let's continue on. So, 
we have acknowledged sometimes in our, in, our, in our conversations as pastors that favor isn't fair. All right, you ever notice that? Favor isn't fair. How come so-and-so gets this? So-and-so. I don't have that, but somebody else gets that. Okay, we need to kind of work through that. And, and favor um, has a lot to do with placement. Has a lot to do with placement. You are in a certain relationship. You are in a certain job. You are in a certain community where you live because God put you there, and 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 God's favor is related to your 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 relationships, your 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 interests, your job, uh, uh, the community, your neighborhood. It has a lot to do with that, and so it may not look the same for somebody else, but for you. And myself, we need to realize that placement has a lot to do with the favor of God upon our our lives. Favor doesn't always feel good. A lot of times it does. But here's why. Favor doesn't always feel good because there's a responsibility that goes with favor. We have favor. And and sometimes when we experience favor, there there are things that we need to do because of our position, because of God's grace, because of God's mercy, because of God's love. There are things sometimes that happen to us that we don't want to do it. There's something that says, no, I don't want to do it. But God's favor says, yes, we do it. God's favor tells us that we do the opposite of what the world does and how they think. That's often how the favor of God is recognized in our life, because we do the opposite. We do the opposite of what the way of our world is going. How many know the way of our world, the way our world is going, is not in the right direction? That's why we need to be people of favor. We need to be people that go contrary to the flow of our culture, where where we know how to walk in in the grace, the, the gift, the favor of God, where the love and, and, and the mercy flow. Um, uh, one has pointed out, have you noticed all men are created equal is not in, that bi- is not in the Bible. And, and that's, a, that's a kind of a rude uh, awakening for some. And that's why Paul talks about the different parts of the body of Christ. And he describes this and, and he mentions that there are different functions for the different parts of the body of Christ. Now here's the point. We, not, we may not be equal, but we are all very important. We're all very important to God. So, so that, that's why we always need to be careful not to compare and, and uh, try to, to come up with our own uh, 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 definition of what uh, maybe success or favor or importance is all about. All are not created. However, all are important, and our God is not willing that any should perish, but that, that all would have everlasting life. I want you to know. In any given culture, in any given community, there are people that society writes off. Society says, forget it, give up, and there's no hope. They don't want any help. They are are, are reject. That that happens in community, that happens in society. However, for the kingdom, for those that, that have the favor of God, we all know that, hey, listen, there's no rejects. God is not willing that anyone would be banned, anyone would be marginalized, anyone would have been put off as a reject and say there's no hope for that person. And yet God calls you and I to be a congregation, to be a people that walk into situations where everyone else says there's no hope. And we say there is hope. 
we say there is hope because of God's favor on our life. God's favor on our life, we know there's hope for any situation that you and I could ever counter. Um, so favor is about receiving God's grace and being faithful with, with what he has, he has given to you. And as I said, it, it may differ in appearance. Bill Johnson says this. Proper stewardship, and, and really, we read about that in Matthew 25, proper stewardship, that was key. And we need to be proper stewards with the favor of God. We need to be proper stewards with the way. Hi, David Stewart. David Stewart's here today. We don't have to be like David Stewart. But David Stewart is, is uh, Sunset Diner. And, and yes, that's right. We'll put in a plug for him for all of us from St. Mary's. Okay. Because, and David knows, and he'll tell you, and I'm sure he lives it every day, that he needs to be a proper steward with, with his restaurant and, and what was been handed to him. And so do we. Bill Johnson says proper stewardship is using what we've been given in order to gain increased influence. Do you think we need to have increased influence in our world? Man, I tell you, the, 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 the spiritual climate, the, 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 the battle of uh, spiritual darkness is so real in our, in our culture. And, and all the time we're, we're seeing it again and, and, and over again, we're seeing the agendas of the world, a world, a world that is broken, a world that needs to be fixed. It's, it's, it's all around us. And if there's ever a time that we need to recognize, and it's something that, that uh, moves us to our knees, it's something that just causes us to pull away and say, God, we really need you to move in. And, and we need you because the way our world is going is so contrary, contrary to, to the ways of God and to his word. So Bill Johnson says, proper stewardship is using what we've been given in order to gain increased influence, and that's, it's influence for the kingdom. We must seek to understand the nature and purpose of God's favor. It's not for us, but it's about him if we are going to put it to work successfully. We need to have our eyes open to what God is doing. I said to the uh, earlier uh, uh, service this morning, you know, sometimes what needs to happen is, is, is we need to be taken out of our context. I, I wish today, in, in one sense, that I could all load you up and we get on some nice luxury buses out here and we go over to uh, Pearson Airport and we get on one of those 777 jets that uh, can hold maybe about 400 people and, and we go to Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And just, just, even for an hour or two that we were there just as we were, nice in our nice clothes and so forth, and we get off, and, and, and we are given a tour of Port-au-Prince. And, and, and within that short time, we would be accosted by the smells. And that short time, we would discover that some of us have already been robbed of our personal effects because they don't care. We would be aware when we would go to the police to re report it, they would look at us and say, so what? Because corruption abounds in that country. There, uh, you never know uh, when you are going to be robbed or things are going to be broken into. Uh, uh, you, you don't, what you think is normal here is certainly far from normal in that country. The point that I'm making is that after we had had an exposure, even if it was just for a few hours or for a day, we would come back and say, oh, God, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much. You have given us abundant favor in our country, and we take it for granted. We take it for granted. We, we complain about the small things, and, and we compare ourselves to others because we don't have this and we don't have that. 
And then God takes us to the culture. And many times our missions trips and our missions teams, and we just had it recently, the team that went down to the Dominican, they come back to us and, and, um, and, and their, their hearts are broken, their hearts are heavy because they said, man, we are fat cats in Canada. We have so much and we've been in places where they have so very little, so very little. And, uh, uh, and, and we realize, oh, God, sometimes it's better for us to have so little than too much. Because the Bible says he who has much, much will be required. But that affects, that affects the favor of God. Because if we have a lot, we tend to forget his favor in our lives. Key question. What area of your life do you know you have received God's favor? What is it, friend? What area of your life have you received God's favor? See, I know you have. But do you know you have? And you need to answer that question. What area of your life have you received God's favor? And like the servants with the talents, you need to start using. You need to start using. If you're using it, it's great. But the challenge today in the North American church is that many are not using their gifts or their talents. Bethel's mission statement says this, that we are a bridge to life in Christ, disciples making disciples. That... that that mission statement, and we've had it for a number of years, is all about recognizing the favor of God. It's recognizing the favor of God on our lives so that we can be part of a bridge that reaches out to our community. And that in that, that bridge at the same time can be a, that, that extension of God's love, grace, and mercy can bring the lost to him. So what is the ultimate goal of God's favor it is to glorify God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. My favorite verse. It's a verse that reminds me almost on a daily basis. God, is this bringing you glory? Is this what I'm doing? Is this going to bring you glory? Is this, is this going to be something that's going to be exalted? Uh, I, I, and is this going to have eternal worth uh, in, in your kingdom? It's a question that we all need to ask. Proverbs 3 and 3 and 4. I'm going to go through some of these scriptures Kind of quick, like, but there's scriptures that talk about the favor of God. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about favor of God. Favor of God in your life. The unmerited favor of God in your life. It's called grace. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tab tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Pretty clear, isn't it? Proverbs eleven twenty seven, not on the screen. Whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to the one who searches for it. In other words, if you're just search, if you're searching for favor alone, you missed it. It's not about favor. And as this and as right says, it's he who seeks good finds favor. It's not just that we want somebody to do something for us, right? Proverbs 12 and 2 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Good people, talking about people favored the Lord, obtain favor from the Lord, but he, contend, he condemns those who devise wicked schemes. Proverbs 13 and 15, good judgment wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful leads to their instruction. We read about that, right? The one servant, he was unfaithful. I'm he, buried, he buried what God had given to him. He buried what God had given to him. He buried what God 
had given to him. Is there a message? Is there something that God says to us this morning? He buried what God had given to him. Bill Johnson says, but God's goodness, and I like to insert the word, but God's favor. Once again, you haven't, I haven't earned it, you haven't earned it, and it's been given to you. God's goodness favor can always be recognized in those who seem to overflow with joy, encouragement, forgiveness, peace, and generosity. Their goodness is the fruit of a life lived in celebration of their life with God. I would just simply say, I would sum up what he's saying here. It's people that recognize the favor of God uh, in their lives. Jeremiah 9 and 24 says this. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts. Talking about anything good, anything favoring your life. But let the one who boasts, boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight. Okay, once again, let's, let's try to sum this up here in the next few moments, okay? Favor. Ind- individual favor. God's favor affirms our identity. It's not It's not what you do. It's not really even who you are. And some of us have, you know, different kind of personalities and so forth like that. That's not really it. God's identity is about whose I am. Whose I am. Not what you are, not who you are, but whose I am. So I ask the question, whose I am? When you recognize the favor of God in your life, you recognize whose I am. And that's why the statement says God's favor affirms our identity or whose I am. It's because of God's grace, I am who I am. Individual favor, there's two things I want to conclude. Individual favor and corporate uh, favor this morning. Individual favor is, is, is about Hebrews 4 and 16. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. So you and I, when we come to God, we come to one that is, is, is abundant. Abundant in love, grace, and mercy, which we have interpreted as favor. And because of his love, grace, and mercy, and because he has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin, then we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence. People that know the favor of God in their lives know they can approach God's throne of grace. They know that there will always be help in a time of need because of God's favor. God's favor. So, so... Individual favor. Today, it is our responsibility to steward well and walk in that grace and walk with a spirit of humility. I want to talk to you for just a moment about corporate favor. And I'm talking about our church. And, and, and once again, I, we're, 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 so, we're so thankful. Uh, uh, Pastor Chad, Pastor Melissa, and uh, we're, we're so thankful for our pastors 
Um, we're so thankful for the way that God's led you throughout the years. And, uh, and, and they've been brought to us to give us leadership. And, and, and because of the leadership, and, and we have sensed that uh, with, within our church, there's favor that rests upon our church. There's favor. There's favor. You know, and, and you know, sometimes it, it's, it's one of those things that you come and say, well, I don't know. I don't have anything to do with it. I know. I know. I know that you probably didn't have anything to do with it. But I want you to know that there's favor that rests upon our church. There's something, there's something about coming and associating with a body with a body of believers where the favor of God rests upon them. There's something that that in that body of Christ you can find healing, you can find acceptance, you can find encouragement, you can find just peace, uh, uh, you can find restoration, you can see broken walls be rebuilt. When you come in to an atmosphere where there is that corporate favor that rests upon the God, because God is, is no respecter of persons. And, and as God sees a, a, a church that has humble uh, um, and, and leadership that will walk in humility, he pours on his favor. And so, so what's happened with our church? Um, as a church, we have favor in our community. And, and, and I have the privilege when I get out and I talk about our church and they say, well, where you are and what are you, what are you doing these days? And I tell them where I'm working. And so we're like, oh, yeah. I know that church. And, and they'll say, oh, yeah, I know about that program. Oh, yeah, you know what? My kids have gone to that Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've gone, gone to the basketball program. Oh, yeah, you know what? I, I sent my kid there uh, to Sunday school uh, or to a DVBS. And, you know, it's just, oh, yeah, you know, and, and we go to your community meal. And, and, oh, yeah, we heard about your Mrs. Chip. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and it's God's favor upon us. Should we boast? Uh-uh. We, th- we, we thank God for his favor upon our life. We thank God for the family that is here. But it's a favor, and it's a corporate favor. And as we come and be part of and supported together, God continues to increase that favor. As a, as a church, we have found favor in our city. Our mayor knows about our church. The police officers, they know about our church. The counselors, yeah, the counselors, they know about our church. Why, there's, there's, a, there's a, some of the groups over in Northwestern High School, they know about our church. Because somebody from this church that has a favor of God upon them gives them a pizza party. And, and they come indiscriminately. But there's favor that's upon this church. And because of, of us belonging to it together, we, we experience the blessings of God collectively. It's there. And, and it's not something that we are taking for granted. We have received God's favor not to make us feel good, although most times it does. We have received favor so that we can be a beacon shining in the night. We have received favor so we can be his hand extended, reaching out to the lost and hurting. Are, are, is that making sense? At that point, you should have been saying amen, okay? You really should have been saying, yeah, that's right, pastor. Way to go, okay? We have received favor so we can be his hand extended, reaching out to the lost and hurting. We have received his favor so we can be a place where broken lives are restored. We have received his favor so we can be eager to do good. So you see, it's not... It's not about us individually, but it is about his body coming together. And as his body coming together, some days you may feel, I feel rotten. I feel lousy. I haven't had a good week. It doesn't matter. If you come 
And you're just, you know, saying, I'm coming because that's my family and that's the body of Christ. And I want to be with the body of Christ. And I need, I'm weak right now, but I need some other member from the body to come alongside me. I need to receive strength. I need to receive them some encouragement. That's what happens when you step into a body of believers where there's corporate, corporate favor. We have received his favor uh, so we can be eager to do good. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. And it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. This is talking about favor. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify, to purify himself of people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. All right. Conclude. Uh, favor is a gift. Favor is more about the other person than ourselves, Jesus Christ. Favor requires obedience and faithfulness. At the end of the day, whatever your understanding is of faith, of favor, at the end of the day, we must individually and corporately act upon what God has graciously given to us. We must act upon it. You can't just sit on it. You can't. That's the story. That's the message. You can't sit on the favor of God. You got to act upon it. You got to act upon it. You got to step out in faith. You got you got to be His hand extended. So, so we got to act upon. Why? Why? Why do we got to act upon? Why do we got to act upon the favor? Because, because I believe, and I and I, I believe with all my heart that we are about to enter into the most exciting and the most profitable days of the church. I believe, I, I believe with all my heart that as, as the prophet Isaiah said, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And, and, and you need to know that the reason that we must act upon the favor of God, be responsible for it, because God is about to pour out his spirit. I believe that he is pouring out his spirit, but I believe that he's about to pour out his spirit in unprecedented measure. I believe that God is about to do something in this church, in this region, in our nation, like no other day, that will, will uh, cause, and I've said it before, will cause the day of Pentecost to pale into comparison. So today, you and I must act upon the favor of God individually, corporately. So, so we can't sit on it. We need to step into it. So I'm going to ask for the worship team to come. And they're going to come. They're going to lead us in that song they sing at the end. And we're going to sing again. And I'm just going to ask you to stand. And uh, we're, we're going to step into this. We're going to step into this right now, Okay. And uh, we're going to step into this um, in, in agreement today. And agreement. And so as you're coming, I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Okay. So it's a long weekend, and I'm about to let you out. Okay, just a few moments. So we haven't gone over time at all, but we're going to be done. But I really need you to step out together. Okay. Would you, would you take the hand of a friend? Somebody, if, if you didn't come with anybody today, that's fine. But the, could you take the hand of a friend? 
It could be a family member right now. You just do that. And as we're, as we're taking hands uh, of the friend, and, and if it's just another person, that's great. If there's if you got two or three friends in the area, well, you can take their hands as well. And that's okay. But I just really want us to take a step of faith today as we're taking holding on the hands of our friends, hand of friends. And, and you that are visiting with us today, and, and I want to bless you today in the places that you come from. And, and for those that are not regular from this church, I want to bless you today. I want to bless you with a favor because there is a favor upon this place today. And it's a favor because they're, uh, because of the, uh, the uh, leadership that is in this church that are walk humbly before you and they desire God. They desire God to move. And we desire God to move upon your church and wherever you're from. And, and we're believing that today, that while you were here in this church, that the favor of God was being released on you and a special measure so that when you go back, you go back to your place of worship, that you'll go and that as you act out and you act out in faith and, and you be that uh, representation of grace and love and, and, and mercy, that God's, God's presence will increase in your place and that his kingdom will be advanced. So, so Lord, today as we sing this song, as we sing this song today, we give you praise and give you glory. We thank you for what you're doing in our church today. And we thank you, Father, for what you've done. And Father, we thank you for what you're going to do now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 